Nutritional consultant, health educator, and chef, Mary Ruth Guillaume is also the founder of her own brand, Mary Ruth Organics. Keep listening as we discuss her wellness journey, the confident brand statement she embodies, and much more. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other and what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Mary Ruth Ian. She is the founder of Mary Ruth Organics, a family-friendly wellness brand that offers herbal supplements, sprays, and gummies, tools to empower people to support their own health. A certified health educator and nutritional consultant, Mary Ruth has traveled all over the U.S. to learn about bodily healing functions and covering the foundations for her very own brand. From a private health practice in New York, where she met clients on a one-to-one basis, to selling custom supplements on Amazon, Mary Ruth has developed an invaluable personal touch that remains in every aspect of her brand. This hasn't come without some serious challenges along the way, but it has informed the philosophy that both the brand and Mary Ruth herself live by, move forward every day. It's something we all need to remind ourselves of in business and in life, so it's an absolute pleasure to be sitting down with her today. So Mary Ruth, thank you so much for being with us. Akash, I'm so happy to be on your podcast. I um just first and foremost, we are a vegan brand, and I think Fable and Maine is so phenomenal. Um, and I love just all the Instagram posts. And truly, um, it's such an honor to speak with you today. The honor is absolutely all mine. <laughs> and, and for me, you know, one thing we're striving with Fable, which I think you've done so much, and it's really, truly, truly been an inspiring inspiration to me, is the community you're, you're building. And that's it, right? It's, it's, it's a lonely journey, but it's less lonely when you've got a whole community with you on that journey. And I think you've done that really well. So I want to definitely know how that came to be. But before we do that, I asked my guest the same question. I'm going to ask you, who in a nutshell is Mary Ruth? Oh, my goodness. So um, in a nutshell, I am 38 years old. I am a mom of four children. Ethan is five years old. Elliot is four years old. And I have twins, Jacob and Grace, that are 23 months old. I... In my whole life, I've been building our company for nine years. It's always been friends, family, um, cooking, celebrations, parties, and um, my business is truly my fifth child. Um, I feel that I would do anything for my employees and my customers, um, and and one without the other would not be um, a, a complete happiness and joy for me. So um, four children and, and Mary Ruth Organics is my fifth child. And I, I hope to be building this company for like the next 40, 50 years. Oh, that's amazing. So I, I want to go back to the beginning and sort of growing up, did you have, you know, wellness and nutrition? Were you surrounded by that? Did you come to it a bit later? We'd love to know. 
This is also a great question because I think a lot of people who meet me now like ask like, hey, were your parents into this? Like, did you grow yeah. up eating certain ways or doing certain things? And I definitely was just, I was born in 1984. Um, so you're just your typical living in New Jersey. I went to the same school for 13 years, um, played basketball, captain of my lacrosse team, ran cross country, uh, Mountain Dew. There's nothing wrong with, with anything I'm sharing, but just like Mountain Dew and, and, um, Cheez-Its and just the usual, just normal lifestyle. And then I had a couple of things that happened that kind of got me interested in maybe eating differently or, or learning about vitamins or different types of wellness, which was just, um, um, very close together. My dad passed away from um, a heart condition. And then also my 17-year-old brother, Daniel, who was a phenomenal baseball player, a junior in high school, he passed away suddenly. And, you know, after that, my mom got sick, which is kind of normal, you know, grief and loss can take a toll on the body or the immune system. And, and I really thought, okay, it's just me and my mom left. Like, let me learn let me have great mentors. Let me do a health. I was, this was after college. Let me do health educator program yeah. and, and really just learn so much. And, um, and, and I really feel that all those things were meant to be because it, the, the quality of life that I have now is, is because of a lot of those challenges. So yeah, I was not, yeah. I was not growing up with a healthy lifestyle, definitely athletic lifestyle, but not into yeah. kind of blood work and all these things. Well, no, thank you for sharing that. And what I really love is today, you, all the tools that you had to also, you know, you learn yourself to overcome those challenging times. You've now are creating something for everyone else to, you know, benefit from because you saw the benefit in them. So how many years was it where you were kind of, you know, I know you went to a health institute in Florida yeah. where you learned about that. And uh, how long, how many years was this in the running? So what, what's exciting is that um, when people are saying, oh, like how long have you had your company? I've had our company for mm -hmm. nine years, almost a decade. I have a favorite quote. You've probably heard this quote as well, which is yeah. everyone, you, I think you know what I'm going to say. Everyone, I know exactly what you're going to say. Exactly what I'm going to say, which is everyone overestimates what they can do in one year and underestimates what they can do in 10 years. Exactly. Um, I graduated from college, Fairfield University, as a sociology major, studying the patterns of people in 2006. And then I did a program called IPEC, which is Institute for Professional Empowerment Coaching, just kind of like business, but it is like yeah. accredited. It's like very a really great standard. So that was kind of like where the business niche came in. And then I did Hippocrates Health Institute in Florida for three months. I lived there and I am now what is considered a certified health educator. And then this is the exciting part to me. Um, at that time, I, I was in a tremendous amount of debt and I started my business and I had my business from 2013 to 2016 that was kind of when I got out of debt. And then in the middle, this is important, right? Yeah. In 2016, in the summer of 2016, right when I got out of debt, I did one last, one last educational program because I wanted to do it before I had children um, because having a business is a lot and going back to school is a lot. And so I knew my mom, my mom literally just said, Akash, like, 
it's now or never. So, so I had exactly. got, I got out of debt and I did a six month program at a top five culinary school. Um, it's called the Institute of Culinary Education, top five culinary school in the world. I, I want to share this because I think, um, this is kind of a, a unique little part of what really brought our brand to the next level. So at that point we have our brand, um, we were profitable from the very first day, which we could talk about maybe later on. But, um, and I took four hours every day to go to this. It's a government run program. Like you can't pass on the essays, tests or homework. Otherwise you're not allowed to be in the class. So this was not like a recreational, um, culinary school. This was, a, a pretty much like college. And I was at the time like 33 or something pregnant. No one really knew. Um, and everyone there was for college. So it was so cool because I got to hang out with 19 year olds in, in the locker room when you're getting in your chef's outfit. And something that was interesting was being older in the class by over a decade. Also, I, my husband is kosher. So, um, I, this is kind of where it's interesting. Um, so at this school, they mix meat and dairy and in kosher, you're not really supposed to mix meat and dairy. So one thing, and I I hope this is inspirational to anyone who might feel insecure or feel like they're being judged or whatnot. So I was there and it's very, it's very strict. Like if you come into the classroom, even with one splash of food on your uniform, they tell you to leave. It's for the whole day, if you're out. So wow. I'm there and I have to tell like the top, my class, the top chef in the class, the teacher, the instructor that I can't actually eat the food because of kosher. I can only, uh, now this already, it's like, like, what are you talking about? We're in culinary school. How can you not? But I wanted so badly, so badly to go to this school and learn. And I had been cooking for my business for so long. And so what I did was kind of like, you know, when people have wine and what are they called? Mm. A sommelier or, or yeah, they, they, they taste it and they spit it out or, or like, or, or they just like smell it like the aroma and they, they, they actually smell yeah. it. They don't even have to taste it. They just smell it and let it drop on the back of their tongue. So what yeah. I did was because I was so dedicated many years to cooking gluten-free vegan recipes, I, I, I could see and also smell. So what I would do is I would, I would smell the food. It sounds insane, but I would, if we were making cream of puree broccoli soup, I remember this because what happens is everyone in the class has to make cream of puree broccoli soup. You stand in a line, the chef goes one by, it's like a TV show, one by one by one to try it. So I would smell it, drop it. And because I cook so much at home, I, I knew already how much salt needs to be in the soup. Because this amount of, so anyways, long story short, six months later at the graduation, um, they give like a top toke, top chef award, which is voted on by all the instructors and everyone in the class. And I received the top chef, top toke award in my graduating class of culinary school without even trying one bite of food. And, and so in the beginning, you know, I felt insecure. I felt maybe judged, but I knew like, I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to bond with everybody in the class. I'm going to try my best. And in the end, it became like a big joke. Uh, but like it was, we were all together. We were so happy. So anyways, when people ask us about, we have 150 SKUs, 150 products at our company. People say like, what makes your brand different? So uh, vegan, non-GMO, 
over half our SKUs are USDA certified organic. We're going to be, we, we already completed the B Corp certification test, but also delicious. And that's where the, the, that, like we were pitching Whole Foods before we got in. And I just said like, our products are delicious. So, um, and it's a little bit of that culinary aspect when we make the, the product. So, and also what I love about that, that was kind of, yeah, no, but I love as well, like you, you don't inhibit yourself through certain rules and restrictions, right? You can f- always find ways around it. Like most people would have said, well, I can't, I can't go in this school. You know, this is, if I can't try it, but what I love is you still found a way. And, uh, and it, it reminds me of like this, I was watching MasterChef once yeah. and, um, <laughs> US one. And it was, it was like, it was, I think it was Hethel. There was an Indian chef that um, didn't eat meat, but yes. was cooking the meat, but never tried it, never did it. But just, and she was something, once she won the best meat dish, but she never even tasted it, you know? <laughs> exactly. And it was amazing. Exactly. So it really reminds me of this. Yeah. And um, so there was cool. one other thing I was going to say, something about, just something about that. Oh, I remember even my husband's like, okay, there's a kosher, there's a kosher culinary school in a garage in Brooklyn. And I'm like, David, I, I really want to be classically trained. <laughs> yeah. So please just let me go to this one other school. I don't want to go to the, by the way, yeah. No. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah. You, you're in a, and you had your mindset to it. You're going to do it and you'll find a way around it. Look, you did. And it, and it definitely helps. But so let's go. Let's go to like, so the beginning of Mary Ruth Organic. So what was the first, because creating a company is, you know, name registration, first product, yeah. financing, it's, it's a whole feat. What was that process of deciding, actually, I want to create a brand and create products. Um, what was that mindset like? So in 2013, that was the year I kind of launched, We call, before Mary Ruth Organics, we called it million dollar lunchbox was the nutrition and it was based off of the show million dollar listing in New York city. So at the time people really loved this show. I was creating a nutrition program called the art of health for busy people, um, for busy professionals. And people just loved it. People were like back then, like in 2020, it doesn't sound so cool, but in 2013, like kind of before Instagram was big, People loved this and they would tell their friends, oh, I'm, I'm taking a group class or I'm going for one-on-one sessions. So what I love yeah. is I, I never set out to um, make a product at all. Um, that product came from taking care of people and it was very specific. So I started, I was in a lot of debt. It was um, a long story. It was mostly just my mom had a company. I'm not going to share the long story. It's just my mom had a company and the housing market crashed and Lehman Brothers crashed. I left my mom in um, about $700,000 of debt, um, credit cards, just just a whole mess. And so I, I was able to get us out of that debt through the current company that I have now. But we were already in a deficit, but it was the best, the best thing that could have happened. Because when I launched this business, the seed level was yeah. financial freedom, financial stability, financial empowerment, and literally profit equals free will, which we'll get to in a second. But I, I need to go back to profit equals free will I, because I'm going to remind you because that's please, very powerful. Please, that's yeah. my my whole ethos that I actually share in our all staff, all company meetings, like which we should come back to because I think it's so important when you're reverse engineering your idea 
to launch a business and what does that look like? You're going to have many choices, many options. And the pain of the debt allowed right now, even in a recession, right, 2020, we were growing by 30% this year and we got Inc. 5000 um, fast growing companies for 2022, which is our brand is ranked 469. So top 500 fastest growing brands and number 50 in consumer products, Inc. 5000 wow. class of 2020. And, and I'm not sharing that for us. I'm sharing because there's something we did that I want people who are listening to take away because I, I think it's very powerful. And I've shared this at a lot of like um, venture capital dinners for women and, and what does it mean? What are your options? So let's just go back really quick. So when we were in that debt, it's hard enough to launch a business when you have a thousand dollars, but we're negative 700,000. And from the moment we launched this business, we were profitable from the first day because I told myself, we're only going to do two ROAS, three ROAS, four ROAS. We will not spend $1 more than we have to the highest degree. So some of the practical things that people could do themselves, if they're listening or already have a company one or two years and they want to start to turn profit. And I'll come back to like how we're certified B Corp. Like we believe in people over profit, but you can't reward your employees or give back to your customers if you are not profitable and your back is up against a wall to make other choices that are not your passion, truth, and the whole reason you started a business in the first place. So um, let's kind of just go very practically some of the things we did that positioned us to be where we are today, which I'm so excited about. Number one thing we did. Yeah. We did not hire employees for the first four years. We did not have marketing spend for like, I don't even know, like the first seven years. I'll get, I'm coming back to each point to break it down. Mm. And we Got never it. spent a dollar more unless it was a guaranteed win that we knew the money is coming back. So let's go back to no employees for the first four, four and a half years. So powerful. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give two yeah. other brands, two other brands as examples um, that did this and they're mega brands in CPG right now. So Nine years and first four and a half, we grew like this 250. Like I think the first year was like 250,000. This is revenue, but always profitable from the first day. First year, yeah. 250, 500,000, 2.5 million, 5 million, 10 million. Akash, Colleen, wow. my mom, my mom and I, and my husband started to kind of get more into the business too. So he works for our company as well now, but wow. literally 10 million in revenue and profitable. And we didn't even have one employee. You don't wow. hear that. Amazing. You, you don't it's impossible hear that. for me to understand, but that's I, amazing. And I want you to know that that comes from so much love and dedication and learning from past pain. Like you have to know my mom's company was like, the, the, after my dad died, she took over my, my, my dad's lumber company. It was like 300 employees, 89 million in revenue. And in one day, you know, Lehman brothers housing market, and then leaving us in that debt. And when you, when I, or my early twenties, I saw my mom say to me, Mary Ruth, 
We only have a, this was her old company. We only have a hundred K a hundred K left for, for payroll. And I'm like 20. And my mom's like, that's it. And even her, her employees from that company still follow us on Facebook. Like we're close with them. Like these are real people's lives, you know? And, and so to watch that, we were never ready. We were like four years, not, we just wanted instead of 50,000 to, to hire an assistant or an employee, we took 50,000, doubled down and made a new product. So we're like a rocket ship launching products, right? Like we'd rather invest yeah. in, in, in the brand and the financial health and stability of the brand. Cause we wanted to just go all in ourselves. And it was truly my husband, my mom and I for four and a half years. And why that gave us a competitive edge was like, when you're answering every customer yourself, like no one is yeah. helping you, you're in it, like in it, you learn everything. And so I was giving birth to my first son, Ethan, shortly after we had just yeah. gotten out of that debt, remember? And my yeah. mom is hammering, Cedar sinai LA, hammering on her laptop because Amazon will penalize you within 24 hours if you don't answer Amazon answers. So she's like hammering, yeah. hammering, hammering. And the night I gave birth to Ethan, same thing with Elliot. The twins, my husband did stay one night in the hospital. But the first night I gave birth to Ethan and Elliot, I, I sent Colleen, my husband and my mom home because like I said, the business is a fifth child. Like, like we, yeah. I wanted them to sleep. I wanted, I knew I was going to be with the babies, this, that I wanted them to feel fresh, divide and conquer. So, yeah. so first thing was didn't hire employees first four and a half years. Um, then like yeah. 2018, we hire employees. It was like, 10 employees, and then it was like 25, 70, 80, and now we have 130. What was that like though? Like, how, how, but 130, amazing. But I'm sure from going from like zero to 10 is already a huge feat. What was that like for you to manage that kind of change? I think it's a lot, like if, if you really are dedicated, it's a lot of sacrifice, but in a good way. Like yeah, you have to. 10 yeah. people, yeah, like 10 people in my house, I have like a newborn yeah. they're in the third now we have a proper office on sunset but but like for right. two years it was the 10 of us in my basement um you know and, and 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 feeling like oh my gosh i have i have these children but i'm working every day and I'm, i i had pregnancy nausea i was vomiting in in garbage cans during the second pregnancy but i feel that almost all of those people are still at my company and and we yeah. we're bonded from from you know just kind of adding each new team member. And, and we still remember, we were still like, remember when it was 2019 and there was eight of us and now, and I, I really think, plus. yeah. And I think we have, um, a 91% employee retention rate. So, um, and that includes independent contractors. Um, so if, wow. if you took out the independent contractors, it actually be much higher and and something else that's and you know important. and that number yeah. associated with that a thousand three hundred percent three year growth top you know in five thousand that is incredible because usually with high growth companies people don't stay around because there's a lot of shift and change so that's amazing I just have to add that that's amazing thank you and and I wanted to say how I was able to to do that is two things is one, we have an anonymous confidential suggestion box that comes every Friday to my, to my email and wow. I read it. And, and sometimes I get sick to myself, like right before I open it. Cause I'm like, 
Yeah, you know, like, I want to like peeking. Uh, like, like you know, and and I put my children to bed. I open that, and then I try to take action no matter what. So, one of the suggestions this summer was like, we want summer Fridays, you know, and like in a recession, I don't know, like are, the investors. I have minority. I, yeah. I, I have minority investors. Like, should I give summer Fridays? Should I not give summer Fridays? Yes, we gave summer Fridays, but I said, hey guys. We're going to have summer Fridays this summer. I can't promise it next summer, but if it goes well, then we can do it next summer too. And then somebody said like, can we have like gym membership? I'm like, okay, yes we can. But we have like unlimited paid time off, zero, like almost zero healthcare, three months paid maternity leave, whether it's, um, first spouse or second spouse. So if your wife gives birth, but you're the, the partner at the company, you still get three months paid. But all that came from profit equals free will and listening to people's suggestions. And then one other thing that I think is great is um, anonymous company culture surveys. We do them once a year. It's 54 questions. Everything from, uh, are you proud to work here? Do you feel there's room to grow? Do you think we do, you know, we actually do separate diversity, equity, and inclusion surveys, but um, in 2021, in 2022, in an anonymous company culture survey, mm. every question is one to five. Five is the highest. Yeah. Anonymous. Two years in a row. Because some people said that we couldn't do it two years in a row. And I said, well, if, if I can't, then I'm going to really go deep and try to fix everything that broke from, from 2021 to 2022 for our employees we scored above a four in 2021 in every single category except for one, which was compensation and benefits. We got a 3.88. And as soon as I saw that, that's when I across the board gave like the highest echelon of, um, of benefits. And then at, at the end of every year, everybody either has equity or long-term incentive plan and bonuses for the whole company. So like 130 people based off of how long you've been here and um, excellent work versus good work. And then in 2022, same thing, really high numbers, like 3.95, 4.2. And, and I use that kind of as the benchmark. And I know I'm, I know I'm sharing a lot of information, so I wanna go back to those three things that we were talking about in the beginning, which was I wanna wrap up the didn't hire employees for the first, and then I want to go to marketing, and then I want to go. What did I say after marketing? Um, I said a third thing, but maybe it will come. Um, so oh, I wanted to say something about marketing's related to answering customers' direct messages. Um, but but so just to just to recap, so Vital Proteins, I think you know this brand, yeah. and um, yes. Orgain. I had dinner like six months ago with um, Kurt from Vital Proteins and Andrew from Orgain. And we were yeah. telling our founder stories. And I wanted oh, I love to, that. I wanted to highlight. That's true collaboration coming together, you know? I love that. And I wanted to hear, like, let's hear it. Let's hear the story. And my one takeaway from that dinner, again, very strong CPG brands, Orgain and Vital Proteins, was they didn't hire employees for the first four years. All three of us had that in common. Um, so, so there's something to be said about investing because so many things will not go right, meaning 
so many things that if every time you invest, like what we did nine years ago, that is also why we're able to weather this storm um, because we made sure to always um, be really careful about every dollar. And then with the marketing spend, I'm so excited to tell you my opinion on this. So um, it is so important. We have a slogan called no stone left unturned, which is Mm. referenced to like um, never ignoring a customer and never ignoring an employee. I read something in a magazine once about how like if you ignore someone, um, it releases like something, a chemical reaction in their brain that is the same as like a physical injury. Like being ignored really? is is really difficult for people, and it stays with people, right? Like an injury yes. scars. Yes. Oh. So when when I we have forty customer care, um, and I'm very close with all of them. We have that slogan, which is "No stone left unturned." So we believe kind of in like a lot of quantum. Like we want to help whoever's coming into like our sphere first, and then go go wider. So like, yeah, we just try to answer every single comment on Instagram, every single comment on Facebook, every single email chat phone. So the first growing this brand, Akash was literally like all we did, Colleen, David, and myself, we had delicious products, high quality, delicious products. We never did branding. We never did marketing. We never spent more than $1 that we had, but we made sure that every single customer that ever reached out to us got like the highest echelon of authentic, true care. Same way internal matches external, like the same way I try to be with my employees. It being that way. Also, they're going to be that way with the customers and it creates a lot of circuitry. So I just think that when you're deciding how you want to grow your business, there's many ways. But I really think patience is so, so important. It took us nine years to get into retail. And we got into Whole Foods this year. And I remember when I first got to meet with the CEO of Whole Foods and all the buyers at Whole Foods, I said, you know, guys, I'm not going to let you guys down. And then one year later, we got supplier of the year, global supplier of the year, global rookie of the year, not just for vitamins, but for all CPG supplier of the year, rookie of the year. And it took us a gosh, nine years to get into retail. And we've just been going this slow, being super patient and doing the compound effect, which is just a little every day. If you do something a little every day and you do it the right way, 365 days later, you are going to go on a rocket ship. You are going somewhere. And, and, and literally like, that's, what's exciting. Like people think like it's year two of my business. And if I'm not in, if I'm not in retail, like I need to now give away 40% of my company. Oh Mm. my gosh. I just think, by the way, it's not bad if you've given away X amount of your company, but I just encouraging people like, please, please, please enjoy your employees, enjoy all of your customers, enjoy product innovation, enjoy very slowly building. Like it's the same as having children. Like they're not just going to grow up. They're not just like nine years old. So I, I, I'm so 
hope that people will also something I don't believe works is like some people say, okay, we need more brand awareness. I am very tactical. So I'm like, no, no, no. It's not that you, yes, of course we need more brand awareness, but we need ROAS. We need return on investment. So please don't think, well, let me sell 60% of my company so I can get 20 million so I can get brand awareness. Oh my gosh, companies sometimes have $600 million marketing spend. There's a, I'm in VMS, so vitamins is extremely competitive. We're competing against brands that literally have $600 million marketing budgets a year. And guess what we're over here? We are just taking care of no stone left unturned. But I'm also enjoying my life, you know? And, and I think that people can... People should hold on if they're passionate about their cause and their culture and and what they stand for, which is usually the whole reason people are founders in the first place. I believe that they should hold on to majority control for as long as possible um, and be very strategic about when and if um, they're going to take on a partner because profit equals free will. So a lot of founders are visionaries. They want to make impact, global impact individual impact. So you have to be delicate because the minute financially you're not profitable, you no longer have free will. And so that's what we talk about at our company. We, we say like last year we did 129 million in revenue and 17 million in profit. And I say to my team, like that's where our $1.6 million in bonuses came from for the employees that came because we were profitable. So it's also about like bringing the whole team into the vision. Like, hey guys, do you know product dev team? Like freight, shipping, cost of goods, like let's get some profit so we can give all the benefits, do all the activities, do all the bonuses, do all the long-term incentive plan. Let's do, like we are able to like give out like $10,000 worth of cooking um, giveaways Without, we, we actually go and buy it. We don't like get it gifted from Breville or Greenpan. Like we just buy it and then we just give it to people because of profit equals free will. And it starts with like, it starts with the ROAS and, and, and going mm. slow and being patient and being you. And um, so that's where the community came from. Like we didn't really have marketing until maybe two or three years ago, like a true marketing spend. Okay. So, I want to just go a little bit deeper into profit equals free will because this is your statement and I think this is going to be a statement I'm telling you now from this podcast I'm going to be telling people say Mary Ruth told me profit <laughs> like the first the first um, quote you we said about Bill Gates quote now this is just as important this is Mary Ruth's quote so can we go deeper into profit equals free will and kind of why profit has led so many phases of your business and tell us a bit more about them yes so I really believe in micro and macro. And then sometimes I think in business, there's this like um, disconnection. And I always try to bring it back because I think there needs to be receiving and giving and circuitry in, in every employee's mind. Um, because that when you have consensus, you have strength and you can push the whole company forward versus sometimes executive level 10 people have consensus and they're trying to push the whole organization forward. And so what I love about profit equals free will and what it stands for is this micro macro. So 
at my company, one of the edu- we have like finance 101 town halls. We have a lot of financial empowerment um, workshops just for our employees. Like I teach a book club once a week. I teach a time blocking seminar every quarter. In October, I'm teaching uh, how to get out of debt seminar for just my employees because this is something I, I'm These are trying. These real things that people need support on and help on. Y- yes, and I think that... I. I think our company is here to just help people have better quality of life. So whether it's my employees or my customers. So when we're in our all staff meeting, like something I've shared, I, I repeat it. I, I share it quite a bit is I say like, everybody raise your hand, like raise your hand. If you believe that having a household, your home, your family that is financially stable and healthy creates a positive environment. And every hand goes up, right? Because when you break stuff into the individual micro, it's so amazing because people can relate to this. Like everyone relates to, I was in so much debt and it, it, it was so difficult the first couple of years that I was married. I had like three miscarriages from working in the stress and will I ever get out of debt? And I, I just felt like I don't want to stay like this forever. I want to move, move forward from this. And so when all of my team's hands go up and we all are like, I mean, everybody agrees. Like, then I say like, does everyone agree that financial stability can affect wellness, your mental health, your, it's all about like, once people think of their own family, their own partner, their own spouse, their own children, their own parents, and they're already on that page of like, yes, this creates a positive environment, financial stability. Then I say, okay, does everyone agree that it could be possible that the most powerful company, the most impactful company should also be profitable? And then immediately they're like thinking of their own home and then they see, because sometimes, Akash, there could be shame, guilt, misunderstanding about profit. And now there are many companies in the world that maybe are not doing the right thing, but it is possible. And that's why like we were so excited to complete the B Corp certification. It's, it's also very long. It took me six months once a week to do that exam with one admin person because it is people over profit, but you need to, you can put people first, but you also need profit without profit. You cannot live out your dream, your impact reward anyone or take care of anyone. If, right, if you, I didn't pay my rent for five months. First, like two years I was married, there was like this moment where I did not pay my rent for five months. And the stress, um, was, was it, it changes you. It makes you unable to, um, do the things that are the most valuable and important. So, um, we say, like when we're talking about profit equals free will, we say, okay, we want to be someday, I'm not saying now, but I'm saying maybe in the future, we want to be one of the best companies in the world to buy something from and one of the best companies in the world to work for. And and I remember we didn't apply, but we're going to apply this year, like for, I think it's Inks or Fast Company, I think it's best workplaces. But what's exciting is to get that, you have to send out a survey. Inc. or Inc. or Fast Company sends out a survey to every single employee. And then that's how they actually rank the best workplaces. And because we've done these anonymous company culture surveys and because 
Every time I mess up, I take responsibility for it. It's not easy. I, I, I was talking about I have a special needs child, and in one all staff meeting, I said something that someone mis, misinterpreted. I was talking about um, creating a positive environment for my special needs son, and and somebody thought that I was saying that maybe you can um, will something into existence. There was like a moment where someone didn't understand what I said. So they asked me after the all staff. So immediately, what did I do? I wrote a long letter explaining to everyone like, hey, I'm so sorry for like any any confusion or hurt. But, but most people wrote back, no, no, we understood what you meant, you know? But I also wanted to just uh, take responsibility and I want people to know right away, you know? And, and people are sometimes afraid of like, being side by side with everyone at, at their company, but it's worth it. I think it's worth it. And, and that goes with having these group discussions about profit equals free will, because people now, every time product dev is negotiating, um, for a new product, they know that on their small contribution does have a compound effect, right? So if they can, if they can get 10% savings on three PL for every order, Shipping. Well, who knows? I'm just giving examples for freight or th this glass bottle versus this glass bottle. The team together wants to people because sometimes people think that, oh, does it really matter? Does it really matter which cap we have? But if the whole team is together and the whole team understands that being profitable is also, I also share with them very candidly. I'm like, hey guys, right now I am the CEO of the company. I have majority control of the board, right? So I say the, the longer we're profitable, the more we can do what we want. And, and the more and you grow. can decide these things. Yeah, but you've kept that open door with everyone. And, you know, literally speaking, these open forums and these meetings and, you know, and, and it allows people to feel not only that they're going to be heard, which often you can do, but also listened to and actioned and i think what you've done and proven is in the years of building this company um nearly a decade you are always growing and moving with the times but also with your team right um and and you've shown me that and i think what i love is as well and, you know if i wasn't building fable i would love to work with you and your <laughs> company because you, you've broken the norms of building a company which often today does kind of disturb people to go into work for companies because there is a, you know, I told you, I worked in Dior in, 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 in yes. the head office, in a big company. Yes. And I remember sitting in a meeting room where I actually had one, my senior brand manager today who left Dior and came with me, she was in this room with my director and my director said something like, well, you don't prove yourself until, you don't, you can't ask for an, a change in job or an increase or anything until three years in because you haven't done your job properly. And I said, okay, but why, four, why not four? But why not two? Why three? What is three? And I was so deterred by this meeting. I actually had to come out of it and tell my team, ignore. Like, you are you. There is no rule book. And actually, yes. I just thought, I'm going to create my own company and build it <laughs> my own way. And yeah, it might be a bit mental. It might be a bit crazy sometimes. I might train, train, make decisions that make no business sense. But I'm listening and I'm growing. And I think that's exactly what you're doing. And, and you know, for, when you said about the fortune best companies to work with, I'm guaranteeing you'll get it. No, this year, next year, you'll get it. Because I'm already sensing this love 
that you're fusing into the whole company. But I love that you haven't done it the traditional way, right? Already for, by saying, you know, you, you've, you've had employees not from day one, but like four, four, four five years in. It, it's really exceptional. Um, do you sometimes get days, though, where, you know, as you grow now, are you finding it um, more and more difficult um, because there's so many more stakeholders involved and whether it's, you know, the team and your retailers. And it's hard, you know, you can yeah. lose control as you get bigger and bigger. I think this is such a great question because I have one thought on it that I, I changed something because I saw something happening and then I changed something, which is we have um, 14 vice presidents and um, two of them report to my husband and yeah. 12 of them report directly to me. So what, what we used to have, so this was our first year um, doing the investment deal and um, like we have had minority invest in, investing partners for one year now. And we were only bringing like half the VPs to the board meeting and half the VPs to monthly reporting. Wow. Because because somebody else at the team was kind of telling me that I don't need to bring everyone. But then, I mean, I think you're getting this idea that I believe I when everyone already. is together. Oh, it's my better. God. It's so much better. I, 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 I bring snacks. I'm like, I, I, so we just had the board meeting last Tuesday. First board meeting, I was like, everybody's coming. Um, and, <laughs> but it was the best board meeting we ever had. Because yeah. you cannot... People always want to um, exclude or keep big decisions in a smaller thing. I think it's, I tried it a little this year. It didn't work. It backfired. Yeah. When I brought everybody, uh, the customer care guy, the human resources, everyone gets to hear what's going on, feels included, adds value, gives feedback. Exactly. It's all about, and, and so if anyone's listening, I truly believe bigger is better. Um and including more people is better. And we use Slack. I love this app. We use Slack mm -hmm. and I let anyone in the company write me a voice memo. I love the voice memo part. Um, and I also meet with everyone once, one-on-one -on -one, once a year for 10 minutes. Like at 2.30 today, I have Ralph from customer care for 10 minutes. This so. is, but you know what, what I love as well? And it's exactly, um, I, I feel there is actually data behind it that, the companies today are built, unfortunately, like very siloed, who, bit political, who needs to know, needs to know. And I've been in big conglomerates where because there's very few people in the room, things get missed. Um, literally from the basic level of spelling mistakes on big campaigns mm -hmm. I've seen. I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, it's not spelled like that. And they're like, oh, we didn't see. Two, like, actually, when you see the end result, it ends up being not that good and you're like how did this happen it's like well I know why because only five people were in the loop of it for a year and then it's not changeable mm -hmm. and you don't have you can involve everyone it doesn't mean everyone has to speak right it doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's going to get loud it could just be a lot more list is and only a that's few right. voices that's an awesome point like at the board meeting yeah. there were there were 14 VPs and seven sections so seven people got to do their section but then I said after the board meeting I felt sad so I wrote to everyone on slack Next time, everybody who doesn't have a section gets to talk for five minutes, gets to tell all the investor, investors for five minutes what they're doing in their department. Yeah. And then I felt better, I you know? That. like Yeah. But I, and I think it goes back to that point you said as well before, where you are, you, it's your company at the end of the day, right? You have the, the, the voice. And I think um, it's amazing to see, and it gives me hope as well, like 
it's normal to grow. It's normal to have, you know, you have a lot of VPs. I'll eventually, hopefully, I'll, I'll have some VPs and I'll have opinions. But I don't want to lose, as a founder, I don't want to lose my voice because that's ultimately what makes it a little bit different and a bit more special. Um, and I hope, I hope that you will always be an operator. Yes. So I, I'm very big on, I'm very big on one of, we had an executive coach come to one of our quarterly retreats in April and he said something so awesome. He said, um, current reality plus vision. So current reality plus vision equals power. So I think sometimes, and by the way, this is no judgments. This is more for people who are in the middle of stuff and are thinking like, Hey, should I pull myself out more? My, my thing is like, if you still love this company, if you're, if you're tired, just take a break, just take a break for a day, but keep going as an operator. Because I think that if you remove yourself too much and you're maybe just, whether consciously or subconsciously, you'll never feel like, um, connected as much. So I think like yep. having the same page meetings, it, I don't know, without it, if I was just too removed, I would feel like I can't make a difference in people's lives. And so I, I encourage people to be operational and vision yeah. together, not just vision coming into operations that they have no idea what's even going on. Like we have like, you know, different inventory issues. Like I know what's going on. It's important. I don't know. It's important. No, I, and you said something like also for me, and I think a lot of founders will go through that. There are a lot of decisions we make. And the best thing is, is knowing that not finite, right? So like sometimes... Not, I don't like mistake or not mistake. Every decision has a pro and a con, right? They're just decisions, a flurry of decisions we have to make as a founder. And sometimes someone's opinion at one point of time might be a little bit louder, a little bit the right time for you to succumb to that because you're a bit tired or a bit stressed or a bit yes. whatever. And oh it happened gosh. to me like two years into my business. I, um, I'm a hungry CEO. I'm a young CEO. I'm a young entrepreneur. I'm so, this is my baby for many years to come. <laughs> But I had a moment of maybe a little bit of burnout and someone was telling me, Akash, we should hire a COO and this. And I did that. And I could tell you I was losing the company. I started to be like, you know, I, I love her to bits. She's amazing. But the, and and um, she's, you know, she eventually the decision, I'll, I'll, I'll just fast forward it, is I, I had to let her go because I want, I want to be back involved and back yes, in, in, in command. It. But it was happening where I was getting messages saying, Akash, um, don't, don't go to that meeting. Let me do it. Rely on me. Rely on people. And I started like not knowing things. I started not feeling in love with it anymore. And I was like, hang on. No, I need to, this is my baby. Um, and, and I, and I'm luckily it was only three months in. I realized, sorry, uh, uh, it's not working. I've got to talk to you. But um, I, I am so I happy to be you the shared operator. this. Yeah. I am so happy that you shared this. Um, I've been on a lot of different business podcasts and what you just said, I've never talked about. I never heard one person say, and I could not agree more with exact, and it seems subtle, but I think what you just yeah. said is so powerful um, because, because if you still, like I, I've had burnout many times. I think I'm actually in burnout right now because I moved. Me too. I, I well, moved why, why? and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in burnout. But, oh, but, no, no. but hearing you say that 
what you just said is, I think, very, very powerful because mm. that's kind of where it can get a little tricky for people. Um, some people want to have a lot of businesses like we have in our Amazon seller group. Like some people like to do many, many businesses. But if it is yeah. one that you're passionate about, I do think that combination of like being operational and visionary is so rewarding. Um, and, and I've really enjoyed speaking with you so much. Yeah, no, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, so, I mean, before we wrap it up, I do have, um, I mean, we can talk all day and I think I'm going to come <laughs> to LA. So we're going to continue our conversation. Yeah. I have um, five round questions to wrap up the pod. Awesome. But uh, um, before that, I have a quick desert island situation. So I'm inviting you to a founder beauty retreat, but you can only bring one Mary Ruth Organics product with you. What is your go-to product of yours? so easy some kind of multivitamin so we have a few different multis but just some broad spectrum has a little bit of everything that you need in one so um the women's multi gummies sugar-free amazing okay fire round questions first thing that comes to your mind the first question what's a beauty brand that you're currently loving right now um i mean my my, my makeup is Ilya. Oh, Sasha! Amazing I'm wearing. Um, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm wearing flame, and and I can't amazing. find that color anywhere. They only have. I can't find the Ilya flame any longer. It's like the last little bit. It's selling out. That's amazing. Um, what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Um, when my children go to bed, um, I usually start cooking dinner for my husband, but. I never go on Instagram ever during the day unless I'm posting something, but every yeah. once in a while for 10 minutes right before I make dinner is I just can't get enough of like TikTok okay. and, and some Low reels. social media. I mean, it's yeah. hilarious. Little fun, little like, as long as it's 10 minutes and not 10 hours, <laughs> I, it, can no. get, it can happen. <laughs> we can get lost in that social media. Um, what is, what are you currently watching or reading? Um, a few different shows. So, um, I, I, I'm just telling the truth. Um, Game of Thrones. What's the prequel? Oh, the, House of Dragons. No, no, House, uh, yeah, House, yeah, House of Dragons. Yeah. So we just watched ha House of Dragons last night. I think it was like the newest episode. And um, uh, I, I, we're like in the middle, but we're not sure if we're continuing. But we're watching the Mike Tyson documentary. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, it's really something. Um, and then what am I reading? I mean, we just got time blocking journals. I'm really into time blocking. So we just printed our time blocking journal. So I'm, I'm not reading any books right now, but I did look at the time blocking journal recently. Amazing. My next question is, well, I think I already know maybe, but what's your favorite social media platform right now? Um, it's Instagram, but I think it will eventually be TikTok. I mean, I just need to, yeah. to get more into it. My husband, for sure, it's TikTok. But I read something really interesting, which is, the only social media platform that makes people feel better after is YouTube. And I know why, because mm. YouTube is educational. So truly my favorite social media platform is YouTube. Like when I want to learn more yeah. about time boxing or time blocking, I go to YouTube. I love YouTube so, so much. And, and that's so the one platform that makes people feel better afterwards. And I know it's because people are going there to learn about topics that they're interested in. And it's free, which is amazing. So, yeah. yeah. I couldn't agree. My next question, which I kind of, I'm going to answer it for you. I feel like, what's your favorite quote? It should be, you know, your profit statement, right? Or do, so, or do you have another quote? I have I two know. more quotes that okay, are just kind me. of things that I say, which is structure equals freedom. 
um, or structure, structure creates freedom. So everyone just wants, this is, this is on my time blocking journal. This is in my book. Literally structure creates freedom. So the whole thing is that everyone just wants freedom to do all the things that make them happy and have joy. But people think that the way to have freedom is to just fly by the seat of their pants. But it's not, I think when you have structure, when you do time blocking, you will have so much freedom. And as a mom of four very young children and moms and parents can feel very trapped, the structure, the time blocking makes me have a little window when I will have freedom to like put on a face mask or stretch. Um, So structure creates freedom um, and then move forward every day. So, I mean, move forward every day, structure creates freedom, and profit equals free will. I love these three. These are iconic. Well, profit equals free will is my personal favorite. No, that's your favorite because that is very good for business. It's it's so good. But also, like, as a reminder in creating this business, like, you know, everything you've said about that joy you when you were saying that, you know, because you made the X million profit this year, you were able to give, you know, just like that, 1.6 to the team and stuff. This is what I strive as a founder is, like... I become a beneficiary by seeing my team become happy too. Like selflessly for me, it's like amazing to see that everyone grow. And, but it is, you have to be patient with that as well. It can't happen overnight. I think sometimes the business does need to stand on its own two feet and the business needs to perform um, because I would love to tomorrow, exactly as you said, you know, I would love to make summer Fridays every summer, but it's an expense. And, and especially if you've got 130 people, if you have a gym membership for 130 people, it's an expense. Do you put it there or do you put it to something else, right? So timing and everything, but that profit equals free will allows you to be able to like realize the more profit you make, the more you can do this amazing stuff. I, I, thank you. I agree with you it's so much. It's, and my last, last question before we wrap it up is, if you want a beauty entrepreneur right now, what would Mary Ruth be doing? Cooking show. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, I mean, well, or just, just like a cooking YouTube channel. Like my dream, like the it. things I love the most are just sunshine, like yep. running outside, friends, family, and then just cooking. So it wouldn't even be like a cooking show on TV. It would just be like a cooking YouTube channel of all the hacks. I love yeah. cooking. What? I know you're busy, but like when you have time, I don't know when you'll ever have time like to do this, but just create that on TikTok because I would be a huge fan of that show. That'd be amazing. Thank you so Um, much, Akash. Well, it's been such a pleasure and honor having you. Where can everyone continue following you, the brand on socials? So our website is maryruthorganics.com and then Instagram is maryruthorganics. And um, I think those are the, the main two, just our website and Instagram. Thank you. I put, I put all the links in the summary. And um, to Mary Ruth, I'll see you in LA very soon. We'll go for our walk and we'll just continue this beautiful friendship. So thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach 
new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable and Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founders Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.